Welcome back to The Storyliner, the show where we turn story listeners into story makers. We're unfolding an ongoing storyline, one chapter at a time, one creator at a time. The most recent episode of our show was created with a submission from Stefan Boblio. As creative director of the New York agency The Apartment, his output has included videos, digital and print design, architecture, experiential design, housewares. It's an almost infinite list. He's also a singer-songwriter, recently releasing an album called The Pressure, and the author of a pretty unique memoir meets self-help book called The Considered Life. Absent from that long list of accomplishments, though, until I'd asked him to submit an episode, Steph had never written fiction before. So when I was developing the idea for the storyliner, I always thought he'd be the ideal leadoff man for this somewhat unconventional approach to storytelling. I was both thrilled and humbled when he agreed to create the submission for episode two, and when it was finished, I sat down with him to chat about his background and what the experience of working with the storyliner was like. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So um, people who know of you know of you most likely through the apartment, the stuff you've done uh, with the apartment, which is not an easy thing to define. Uh, tell me a bit about the apartment, sort of how it began, some of the fun stuff you've done, etc. The idea behind it was to make a new kind of design store, the kind of place that you would go into, feel at home. It was called The Apartment in New York City. It was on Crosby Street at the time in Manhattan. And uh, you could go in there and feel like you had a life that was curated from the toothpaste to the sofa to the sandwich in the fridge. You could come in there, spend all day, and leave with something if you wanted to and leave with nothing if you didn't. We think that we pick things out uh, out of catalogs, out of websites, out of stores because the things are there, but not quite. We actually pick things because they feel like us, because they look like us, because they function uh, in a certain way. And we wanted to make that a lot easier for uh, people to tell the story of their lives. And so even though uh, I went to film school when I was uh, younger, um, I took this detour into the design world, into the retail world, because I felt it was a new form of theater in a way. Um, it was a way to present uh, people with the objects of the stories they should tell about themselves. Um, not, it was not about the objects, it was about them. And so I've always fancied myself a storyteller, even though I was in retail for 16 years. One of the reasons why I wanted you to be a part of this, among, among many reasons, um, was that, you know, I know you, you've done a lot of storytelling and, and you know, yeah, every, you can tell a story in a keynote when you're sort of pitching something to a client. You can tell a story in a, in a song when you're writing the lyrics. And I feel like you've hit so many of the the places where people tell stories, with the exception of that kind of simplest. That's where most people, if I have a story to tell, that's where they start. You've done almost everything but. Is there sort of a reason why? I've always been scared of it. Uh, it's always been uh, something I, I never quite um, latched on as a reader. Um, I've always been more interested in real lives, in uh, nonfiction, which, of course, is exactly the opposite of my filmed entertainment, whether it's on TV or, or in darker rooms. Uh, the fiction stuff is what caught my imagination. But in terms of the written word, uh, no, I've never been attracted to it. And when you ask me, my initial reaction was recoil uh, because I, I didn't think I was capable of that, to put myself in the shoes of uh, fictional characters, not just fictional characters, but fictional characters I did not set up. I did not invent, uh, which seemed uh, yet another, uh, you know, another opportunity for disappointment. <laughs> well, I, I, hopefully not. I, not in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> that was another thing I want to ask you about, is everything you've done, whether it was the apartment or a personal project, 
you know, you're the guy in charge. Like, so, I mean, even if there's a client, um, if somebody is sort of on your team collaborating at the end of the day, you're making calls and it's, it's, you're sort of setting up how people are going to work or you're vetting an idea and, and making the call. This time around, you were sort of given a sort of set of rules, a framework, and, and as you said, a story that you didn't start. Once you recoiled <laughs> um, and actually got cracking, what was that like, again, sort of rolling with a different set of rules, a story that didn't begin with you? How was that? Well, step one is always to find your angle. What is your angle on somebody else's setup? Uh, it's a remix in a way. You know, you look at somebody else's work and you think, well, I could take this baseline or I could take this snare. I could transpose this in some way that makes it mine. You know, there's a little bit of ego that has to go in here so that it feels like me. And once I found the angle and the angle didn't obey all the rules you set up, it was a little bit uh, adjacent to the rules and I was hoping it would be okay. As soon as I did that, I found... I found a road that could that I could call my own, and then it was okay. But it took me, it took me I think a week of a blank page, uh, not knowing where you were going with your setup, um, and 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 caring about that because not knowing where your setup is going is would be fine. But I but I I didn't want to disappoint uh, you or the reader based on a very specific mystery because we're human we want to see resolved so yeah i did want to talk about a little bit more about your process so you i mean you're, you're handed something that is both kind of broad and open but also extremely specific and you mentioned sort of finding your hook how did you go from hmm okay this is something but i don't quite i mean how did how did you get into your hook how did you find your hook i'm often attracted to stories that are steeped in some form of history, whether that history is long past or it's yesterday or an hour ago. There's something about that encourages people to keep reading because they're familiar with something. Then in the middle of that familiarity, you twist something. You you go a way that's not expected. But at least in the first few paragraphs, you've got them. Once you've got them, you can twist the road uh, you can take a left turn and a right turn where people don't expect it. And so as soon as I uh, figured that out, I knew that there was something about your characters who were set up in the present and probably around our age. And so they would have had these uh, stories happening to them as youngsters in New York City in the 70s or 80s. And I started just plainly Googling, you know, what was happening in the 70s and 80s in the in the darker tech spaces of, of New York City history. And uh, and I discovered this wonderful story about a restaurant owner who was gunned down in front of his restaurant uh, because he was completely exposed. His rest of the restaurant was completely exposed because it was sandwiched between three streets and a triangle. There's a real story behind this, and there's names, and there are incredible. There's incredible lore of what happened there. And I thought, well, what a great place for. Um, somebody who's specializing in surveillance to find himself in. And so breathed in the surveillance angle within that existing bit of Italian-American history, and then I ran with that. The intersection, that, that for me, that was just the, the gem in the middle of this thing. Like, I love the intersection. I love this notion of a surrounded person who needed to 
protect themselves in whatever way they could. That for me was just love that. And also uh, two other things, family in Naples, just that phrase. And, and uh, that one really was a big hook for me and other people who the other writers who got involved with it. Family in Naples. Well, I, you know, I was in Naples not so long ago. You cannot go into that city and not feel that you're in a movie. You, you the, the streets, the small streets, the, the the staircases that go up and down, and the pizzerias, and 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 you can you can almost you know smell impending murder. There's something in that city where uh, there 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 is something about that. Um, taking it back to the old country, as they always say in those movies, that that felt like it had it had both a light side, which was which was, you know, as murderous and terrible an, an idea as organized crime might be. It's still family based. If you were accepted, you were accepted not just in a company. You were not just hired to put up cameras around a restaurant. You were accepted as part of the family. A big hope of mine was taking people who are avid readers, you know, are so damn smart on the latest books and, and can really have a, a meaningful conversation to you about a writer and how they wrote it and the story and, and, and just really professorially break it down, how, why this is a good book or why this is a bad book. What's, what do you think keeps them from making that next step and saying, you know what, I'm writing a book. I'm, I'm making, I mean, it's never been easier to make a film, right? You, you need an iPhone. Um, you can do it literally all on your iPhone. Or, you know, with, with books, there's apps to help you write f- faster, better. What's holding us back? I think what holds us back are, are twofold. Uh, f- first, maybe let's let's talk about what's not holding us back. What's not holding anybody back is technology. As this very thing we're doing now proves, we have at our fingertips all the tools available to us to write, film, photograph, and put it out through various distribution channels some are free uh, some cost very little but we have all the means to be able to make things and to present them the two things that are essential one an idea and two the discipline to fulfill that idea and those are two things that are free those two things are free yet you know you hear always a lot of people blame external processes for how they are not succeeding in an artistic endeavor. And so, so you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. Everybody's got ideas. Everybody's got ideas. You, you, you just throw a rock out there and you'll find somebody who has an idea for something. But then you gotta, you gotta put it out. You, you have to work on it. You have to make it better. One thing writing my book taught me is the, the and, it may, and I was probably very naive, is the, the power of the next draft always the next draft there is no as the as the poster says uh, there is no such thing as writing it is only ever rewriting that is that is a discipline that maybe in an age of of tweeting and blogging uh, has gone away perhaps for this new generation because we feel we're so special we're such beautiful snowflakes that everything that comes out of us is fantastic on the first go um most of the time it is not there is there is something to be said for revision for uh, deepening your meaning something that wasn't there when you first had that idea uh when you were sitting on the toilet there's something more to this um and that and that something more may take a week two a month 
mean, I'm on the fourth year and 18th draft of my screenplay because it's just not good enough. Uh, and I still have to work on it. But once you have committed yourself to that process, then the tools are all there for you to take advantage of it. Yeah, one of my, I mean, one of my goals in, in doing this was, I mean, it's one of my theories is why so many, you know, screenplays don't get finished, books don't get started, uh, whatever, is the pressure of making it great, right? So, and, and greatness comes through revision. Greatness comes through not only finishing, but then, rewriting and and it's and it's all on you it's all on you and you've got other shit going on i mean people counting on you etc cetera, etc cetera. and it was my theory that in presenting a, an, a writing opportunity where you didn't have to finish it and didn't have to even know where it was going would enable people to just sort of take flight and be a little freer and really enjoy writing in a in a different way really and just all the fun and none of the worry right because you're just not this is not on me we'll see you know we'll see where it goes this is on somebody else really um but again that's sort of my theory was it hard what did that make in fact make it easier was it a little bit harder knowing that you would not be the person who'd have to sort of close it out figure it out you know and wrap up lost in that final episode yeah that was a relief uh to 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 not have to finish your story and not wrap up lost uh it was it was a very nice uh twist on the idea of crowdsourcing uh you know you're crowdsourcing a story usually you're collaborating on stories here you you are setting up a uh, a premise upon which we all have to lay our own bricks and then we'll see if the wall still stands uh by the by the time the end comes around uh, but it, it was it was pressure free other than not disappointing you and 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 also setting up enough of a foundation for the next writer after me all right if you could be in the writer's room on any TV show ever made, which one would it have been? Well, it would be very easy to, to, to want to be in, in, in the writer's room of, of The Wire and, and, uh, and uh, Game of Thrones, of course. But uh, I think probably if I had to pick one, I would probably pick Seinfeld. I think that would probably be the best writer room ever assembled. Because, because for a television of the, show, because of the room, the guys in the room, guys and gals, the guys in the room, room the intelligence of the writing, and and the fact that you probably just lose calories from laughing on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. It's just uh, you know between that and curb your enthusiasm, I, I think it would be absolutely incredible to be in a room in which intelligence is expressed through comedy. I think that is uh, that is the ultimate form of writing. Um, comedy. It's, it's funny you mentioned Seinfeld because. When I that show in particular, when I think of writers' rooms, I never. I'm always, I'm, you know, because I write and I'm, you know, I'm. A cre I do creative direction myself. I'm always kind of thinking about, God, oh, that was well done, guys. That was. That must have taken some conversation to come up with that. Whereas with a show like Seinfeld, I'm never conscious of people making it ever. It it just feels I'm. You're so in it. There, it's so well acted. Every moment is so of the characters that I never. I, it's never even occurred to me, literally, that beyond Larry David, there was anybody else involved in making an episode and there was a full room of them and uh and they are brilliant the, the less you think that something was made the better it's made right. and uh you know it's 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 easy to 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 breathe you know uh, uh, the part of the philosophical you in in any writing and and what you're actually doing is telling your audience hey recognize me you know this is me but comedy 
you can't really do you have to 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 minimize all of that so that the only thing that speaks is the joke the only thing that speaks is is the setup and how that setup is fulfilled in the uh in the end uh and no show in history has ever done that better than seinfeld well maybe th- maybe this one too maybe this one too <laughs> absolutely huge thanks to my guest Stefan Blobliel you can check out his work with the apartment at theapartment.com T-H-E-A-P-T.com. His latest album, called The Pressure, and his book, The Considered Life, are both available for download from the iTunes Store. And speaking of the iTunes Store, that's a great place to subscribe to this podcast and write a review while you're there. It helps out our show in a big way, so please take a second right now and do it. Be sure to check back for our next episode coming soon, created with a submission from journalist, teacher, and soon-to-be novelist Christine Simic. If you haven't visited us already, I strongly encourage you to check out thestoryliner.com, where you can leave feedback, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, stream episodes, and learn about how to submit for an upcoming episode. This episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Look like an expert right from the start by making your website with Squarespace. Stand out with a professional website, portfolio, or online store. Make your next move, make your next website with Squarespace.